I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I hope you enjoyed a nice, long 4th of July holiday weekend if you are here in the USA. It was certainly one that I will never forget. Of course, I am back here now in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the morning of July 4th, 2019, Lauren and I were awakened by an earthquake shaking us out of bed. And it was a quake that I think they said was a 6.4 that occurred about 150 miles west of Las Vegas in California. And I mean, it was it was quite a tremendous shaking. And uh, I, I think that was certainly the most significant earthquake up until then that I'd been through. And Lauren, however, in 1994 was living in L.A. when the Northridge earthquake occurred. And that was, I believe, a 6.7. And it was, you know, right there close to a very populated area. And she had a pretty dramatic experience going through that and all the destruction. So she'd seen a little more action than than I had. But uh, immediately I knew that, you know, there had to be some damage from that. And sure enough, there there was. And then, of course, we had these geologists saying, well, there is a one in 20 chance a bigger one's going to hit in the next you know few days. And then sure enough, on Friday night, Lauren and I were getting ready to go to the movies. And all of a sudden, here comes that big rumble again and the house starts shaking. And we're like, oh, my God, our condo is way high up in a building here. And so Lauren and I just stood in a doorway, and I mean, this thing was shaking, and the the, the lights were swinging. I wasn't sure if bottles were going to come off walls or whatever, but it was it was shaking so much more that I just kept thinking, oh my God, people have got to be dying right now in this. Whatever's happening in California, I can't imagine. If it's doing this here in Las Vegas, it went on probably 30, 45 seconds. I'm telling you, it was a long shaking uh, the, the the biggest earthquake I've ever felt, and so uh, then of course that's when I got online and saw it was a 7.1. And once you get to 7.1 on the Richter scale, that's where they say you know you're getting into disaster zone. So I just was uh, just really sick thinking about how many people probably uh, died, and I was amazed when I saw that actually nobody died. And I think that's a combination of, well, for one thing, it, the, all this occurred in a relatively sparsely populated area. We had about 28,000 people, but not like, you know, L.A. where you have millions of people. And also those people were already expecting a big one. So, you know, they, that the one they got on the 4th of July, it gave them a heads up, like, get ready get you know be be ready to flee <laughs> structures and i mean they they you know they they were kind of prepared for it and plus that area of california around ridgecrest and uh, bakersfield it, it hasn't really stopped shaking i mean there are still aftershocks that i i was feeling even here today in las vegas so that big 7.1 was about 110 miles west of here but i have friends strewn all over california who are sending me their experiences and uh, when that big one hit Friday night I have a buddy who's staying in a hotel right there near Los Angeles and he sent me a picture 
of a big crack that opened up down the wall of his hotel. And so that's when it gets really scary when that starts happening and you start hearing the walls crack. <laughs> okay, That's when you're ready for, for something huge to come collapsing on you. So, you know, some whatever happened Friday, it created some vibration that showed up on the map pretty close to the San Andreas Fault. And... You know, we hate to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is these geologists tell us there is unbelievable stress on that San Andreas Fault that has got to be released at some point. And when that happens, you know, that's what they call the big one. And so I I, I, I don't know. It Maybe it'll be another thousand years. Maybe it'll happen before the end of this podcast. But uh, whenever there is that kind of vibration happening around something like the San Andreas Fault, it makes you think that, the the odds are higher that it's you know it's going to let off some steam soon and that is going to be bad but that said the night of the 4th of July was amazing here you know we can go out on our balcony here at this condo and we can just look out we have a nice view of the strip but we also have a nice view uh, of a large community you know all around the strip and I'm telling you people go so nuts with fireworks here they're not supposed to I mean but nobody cares nobody enforces it and I mean people get together and all over I'm talking as far as you can see from left to right all over these neighborhoods huge fireworks are going off like very professionally orchestrated fireworks for five hours straight I am not kidding you it starts up about 730 and it winds down about 12:30, and so for five hours. I mean, it's just it's 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 one thing to have a big fireworks show that lasts 30 minutes or whatever, but for five hours, it's incredible. And you know, so I go out there and I shoot some video and stuff. But um, that's I, I don't know if you're going to see a longer fireworks display of this magnitude anywhere else in the country, especially since it's flat here and you can see for for a long ways. So that was really cool. And I want to just toss this out there because I find this kind of kind of humorous and maybe you will also. Of course, you have a lot of people who are getting out and they're going on vacation. They're taking tours and stuff around the 4th of July. And so Friday night, which was July 5th, um, we had over 100 people on the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours in downtown Asheville. And we manage that because we have multiple guides you know we break the groups up and and you know we we take you in different different uh, directions but i just want to point this out that <clears throat> i got an email today from a guy who said that he and his wife showed up at the creepy alleyway where we meet which is the alleyway behind the Asheville Masonic Temple there at 80 Broadway showed up and there was nobody there now the only way that can happen is if you show up late okay there's just no two ways about it we i i've been you know owning this tour business here uh, for over 20 years my guides are the best in the business they know what they're doing we tell everybody please try to show up at least 10 minutes before tour time and you know if you show up late we can't just hold the the, the entire group of people for you when people go on vacation then they they often have a pretty set itinerary and so if we tell you well this is going to take two hours we've got to be true to our word so you can move on with with your schedule so we can't hold up a big group of people just for a couple of folks who are late 
So this guy, he says, we showed up and there was nobody around. So again, the only way that can happen is if you either show up at the wrong place or you're late. And so, uh, and then there was no indication he was at the wrong place. So he says he turned a corner and he ran into a policeman. And he said that he asked the policeman if the policeman knew where the tour was. And the policeman said, no, he didn't know anything about a tour. So this guy filed a report (laughs) with the police department saying, I showed up for a tour and there was no tour. And um, so he emailed me. Okay, this is the first I've ever heard from this guy. He emailed me and said, yeah, I filed a report with the police department. Here's the officer's name and badge number and phone number. And I, uh, But if you refund my money, then this this charge will be dropped or whatever. Like, th- th- see, like, after 20 years of doing this, this is a new one for me. I've never had anybody go to the police because they showed up late for a tour. <laughs> so I, I refunded the guy's money. It was just him and his wife. And I said... Look, all you had to do was email me. You know, it was over a hundred people took the tour that night. You're the only ones who didn't make it. So everybody else showed up and they're, you know, all right, fine. So uh, refunded his money. And so hopefully now the, you know, that word will get to the police department. But I mean, I I just had to point that out because again, that's, I, I, I want you to understand how people can overreact to things. And, you know, if the guy had just emailed me to begin with, uh, I, maybe there are other options. I could have rescheduled him for another tour, or you know, I, I got options. I own the thing. I can do what I want. But that's kind of funny, isn't it? That he went to the he filed the police report. So anyway, it's been a very active and interesting weekend. I hope the earthquakes are over with for now. But one thing that I've gotten a lot of nice feedback on is the bonus track that I posted for you for the 4th of July, which was me telling the story of why some believe that the United States of America has risen to prominence in part because of some divine or supernatural influence, what some might think of as American mysticism. And this was something, it was originally an hour that I'd put together five years ago when I was hosting Speaking of Strange. So I just kind of recut that and posted that there for you. And a lot of people find that very interesting. Whether you believe it or not is up to you, but you should know that there are some uh, unquestioned facts out there that are truly amazing uh, related to the history of this country. And then there are some things that are more sort of anecdotal and legendary that, you know, may or may not be true, but still, you know, people believe fits into this idea of a mystical America. And so I wanted to uh, point this out to you. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to tours, we're going to do a very special one on July the 16th. I'll tell you more about that later. But when it comes to American mysticism, it was interesting that right around the time I, um, I posted this, you know, Shelley Wright has the uh, Daily Paranormal Insight Facebook group. Uh, and if you're not a member of that, well, you, you, you certainly should be. You should follow that. And she posted an article from Salon, Salon.com. And the headline here is Ronald Reagan and the Occultist. 
the amazing story of the thinker behind his sunny optimism. And then the subtitle is The Gipper's Warm Morning in America Worldview was directly shaped by his reading of occult thinker Manly P. Hall. Okay, now I'm sure that many of you have heard of Manly P. Hall. Here is how I was sort of introduced to him. Uh, years ago, a lady who is a big supporter of my work gave me a gift, and it was this nice, big, heavy bound, fully illustrated, you know, color copy of this book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. And if you go flipping through this thing, it I mean, it has some of the most beautiful esoteric artwork and examples from just about every ancient culture you can imagine, and it ties it all together into uh, rituals and mystery schools and secret societies and sort of this agenda to create an enlightened world and, and how, you know, creating a world of liberty and freedom and free thinking and all that has always sort of been the goal of a lot of these subversive societies that would have uh, faced great penalties for for doing anything that would undermine the power of a monarch. And to get even more specific for you, um, if you just, for example, look up uh, the author of this, Manly P. Hall, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, he was born March 18th of 1901, and he died uh, August 29th of 1990. So he was 89 when he died. Wikipedia says Manly P. Hall was a Canadian-born author, lecturer, astrologer, and mystic. He is best known for his 1928 work, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Over his 70-year career, he gave thousands of lectures, including two at Carnegie Hall, and published over 150 volumes. In 1934, he founded the Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles, which he dedicated to the, quote, truth seekers of all time, end quote, with a research library, lecture hall, and publishing house. Many of his lectures can still be found online, and his books are still in print. So this particular book that I was given, which is his most famous book, amazingly, I think he wrote it when he was around 27 years old, called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Um, if you're into mysticism and magic and sorcery and manifestation and the occult, and you've never sat down with this book, you're probably missing out on something that you would really enjoy. And... It's, you know, Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code kind of stuff, but, you know, really, really deep. And probably, I would say, it's it's one of the more insightful, revealing books that you're going to be able to buy in a mass market scenario without, without you know, having access to some kind of secret tome in some dusty safe somewhere. Um, you should probably do yourself a favor and you know buy a copy of this book and in fact here on Amazon it says you can get it uh, paperback for as little as $13.66 but if you're gonna buy one you may as well buy a nice one they say hardcover here is 35 bucks but instead of me trying to sort of tell you what this book is 
Um, let me just read for you the little blurb, the well, the paragraph they give to describe it here on Amazon. The secret teachings of all ages is perhaps the most comprehensive and complete esoteric encyclopedia ever written. The sheer scope and ambition of this book are stunning. In this book, Manly P. Hall has successfully distilled the essence of more arcane subjects than one would think possible. He covers Rosicrucianism and other secret societies, alchemy, cryptology, Kabbalah, Tarot, Pyramids, the Zodiac, Pythagorean Philosophy, Masonry, Gemology, Nicholas Flamel, the identity of William Shakespeare, the life and teachings of Thoth Hermes Trismegistus, the Kabbalah, the Hiramic legend, the tree of the Sephiroth, mystic Christianity, and there are more than 200 illustrations included here. This is essential reading for anyone wishing to explore esoteric knowledge. I could not agree more. So, um, you can really lose yourself. You can really lose yourself in reading that book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Here's how this applies to the podcast that I left about American mysticism and then this article that uh, investigator Shelley Wright linked up here from Salon. I'm going to read to you some of this article, okay? Ronald Reagan often spoke of America's divine purpose and of a mysterious plan behind the nation's founding. Quote, you can call it mysticism if you want to he told the Conservative Political Action Conference in 1974, quote, but I have always believed that there was some divine plan that placed this great continent between two oceans to be sought out by those who were possessed of an abiding love of freedom and a special kind of courage, end quote. These were remarks to which Reagan often returned. He repeated them almost verbatim as president before a television audience of millions for the Statue of Liberty Centenary on July 4th of 1986. When touching on such themes, Reagan echoed the work and sometimes the phrasing of occult scholar Manly P. Hall. From the dawn of Hall's career in the early 1920s until his death in 1990, the Los Angeles teacher wrote about America's, quote, secret destiny. The United States, in Hall's view, was a society that had been planned and founded by secret esoteric orders to spread enlightenment and liberty to the world. In 1928, Hall attained underground fame when, at the remarkably young age of 27, he published The Secret Teachings of All Ages, a massive codex to the mystical and esoteric philosophies of antiquity exploring subjects from Native American mythology to Pythagorean mathematics to the geometry of ancient Egypt, this Encyclopedia Arcana remains the unparalleled guidebook to ancient symbols and esoteric thought. The secret teachings won the admiration of figures ranging from General John Pershing to Elvis Presley. Novelist Dan Brown cites it as a key source. 
After publishing his great book, Hall spent the rest of his life lecturing and writing within the walls of his Egypto Art Deco campus. Uh, the Philosophical Research Society in L.A.'s Griffith Park neighborhood. Hall called the place a mystery school in the mold of Pythagoras's ancient academy. It was there in 1944 that the occult thinker produced a short work, one little known beyond his immediate circle. This book, The Secret Destiny of America, evidently caught the eye of Reagan, then a middling movie actor gravitating toward politics. Hall's concise volume described how America was the product of a great plan for religious liberty and self-governance, launched by a hidden order of ancient philosophers and secret societies. In one chapter, Hall described a rousing speech delivered by a mysterious unknown speaker before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Now, let me pause for a second. This goes back to some of these stories that I mentioned in my hour about the divine intervention plan with America. The idea that maybe figures, supernatural figures, angelic beings or whatever, have come here and played a role in shaping things and giving us uh, an edge in this country, some serendipity, right? So let me let me repeat this. Hall described a rousing speech delivered by a mysterious, quote, unknown speaker, end quote, before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The, quote, strange man, end quote, the strange man, wrote Hall, invisibly entered and exited the locked doors of the State House in Philadelphia on July 4th, 1776, delivering an oration that bolstered the wavering spirits of the delegates. Quote, God has given America to be free, commanded the mysterious speaker, urging the men to overcome their fears of being hanged or beheaded and to seal destiny by signing the great document. Newly emboldened, the delegates rushed forward to add their names. They looked to thank the stranger, only to discover that he had vanished from the locked room. Was this, Hall wondered, quote, one of the agents of the secret order guarding and directing the destiny of America, end quote. At a 1957 commencement address at his alma mater, Eureka College, Reagan then a corporate spokesman for General Electric, sought to inspire students with this leaf from occult history. Quote, this is a land of destiny, Reagan said, and our forefathers found their way here by some divine system of selective service gathered here to fulfill a mission to advance man, a further step in his climb from the swamps, end quote. Reagan then retold without naming a source, the tale of Hall's unknown speaker. Quote, 
When they turned to thank the speaker for his timely words, Reagan concluded, he couldn't be found, and to this day no one knows who he was or how he entered or left the guarded room." Reagan revived the story in 1981 when Parade Magazine asked the president for a personal essay on what July 4th meant to him. Presidential aide Michael Deaver delivered this piece with a note saying, quote, This 4th of July message is the president's own words and written initially in the president's hand, end quote, on a yellow pad at Camp David. Reagan retold the legend of the unknown speaker, this time using language very close to Hall's own, quote, When they turned to thank him for his timely oratory, he was not to be found nor could any be found who knew who he was or how he had come in or gone out through the locked and guarded doors, end quote. Now look, whether or not you believe that story, whether you think that this is just some legend or some folklore, is irrelevant. What matters here is that the man who became the President of the United States, he obviously believed in it, at least enough to repeat it. Maybe he didn't believe it was literally true, because how could you know? But he believed that it was a powerful enough image and thought form to put forth into people's minds that he presented it over and over. And and this is a very interesting article, by the way, and it goes on and it talks you know, about this in more depth and it gives more examples of Reagan's interest in what, again, we could call American mysticism. I'm going to post a link to this article for you on my Twitter page. And if you don't know how to reach my Twitter page, just go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, You'll see off to the right side a little section with my Twitter feeds, and if you click that, you know, it'll bring up the Twitter page, and, you know, I'm assuming that most people who listen to this podcast know how to find a tweet, if for no other reason, thanks to uh, President Trump, since he has uh, so popularized the usage of, of Twitter. But uh, I will tweet this article so that you can read it in full. And thanks to, uh, again, investigator Shelley Wright and her Daily Paranormal Insight uh, group on Facebook for bringing this to my attention. I think it ties nicely into what I was you know, talking about when, when I posted that, uh, that 4th of July piece for you. Also on my Twitter feed, I posted a link to uh, about a 10-minute video that... Paul Harvey did. You, you know, you, you used to hear Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, all the time on the radio, but um, you didn't get to see him so often. He sat down in front of a camera and did a 10-minute video about the fate of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Most of them uh, had a terrible fate. It was not good for them. But uh, it, just interesting stuff to think about this time of year. And I don't know. Whatever your opinion is about the United States of America, you do have to ask yourself, in such a competitive world, such a violent world, what is it in particular that has allowed the United States of America to persist as the most powerful nation in the world for so long? And again, your opinion, you know, it's your opinion. You can think it's something good, you can think it's something evil, but... There is something there. 
there's something interesting that we have there. And if you believe in the idea of destiny, of a spiritual realm, then you can certainly apply it, I think, to a lot of the the things that have happened here and how these things have indeed shaped the world. But, you know, this is why, like, when you, when you read books like The Secret Teachings of All Ages, imagery plays an important role because it's sort of like I can sit down and I can write a whole lesson for you of some kind. doesn't matter. You know, my opinion on how to manifest love. Let's say I write down, I sit, I have a whole essay. Here's how to manifest love. Well, it might take you 20, 30 minutes to sit down and read that. But what if at the end of it I say, and so we're going to have this one symbol and it's going to represent everything in this essay. So when you see this symbol, it'll take you back to this essay and you don't have to reread the whole darn thing. That's what a lot of this kind of mystical imagery is about, is symbolizing things. And that's why it's interesting to look at some of the illustrations in books like The Secret Teachings of All Ages and look for symbols that represent vast concepts. And what we're really talking about is the idea of sigils. And it's funny because, you know, I get so many emails, it's still difficult for me to uh, catalog them and, and try to read these uh, to you in some type of an organized manner. But, but I do want to give you an update. Of course, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find different sigils for free there that you can print out or you can put them on your computer and you just look at them throughout the day. And as an experiment, we'll see if like the sigil for money uh, allows you to attract more money into your life or the one for uh, relationships attracts better relationships and, and so forth. I read to you this testimonial I got from a listener uh, named Matt back in May, uh, he went to joshuapwarren.com and he grabbed the uh, money sigil. And he said, uh, and again, I read this to you in May. He said, yesterday I planned a trip to the casino. I started at the, uh, at the sigil for brief periods of time. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I think he meant to say I stared. So he says, yesterday I planned a trip to the casino. I stared at the sigil for brief periods of time. And on the drive there, I periodically glanced down at the picture I carried with me. Luck hit. Three exclamation points. My first big win was $240 on a dollar slot machine. After that, I managed several small wins. And rarely would I spend more than 10 times without a hit. Finally, I was up to about $300, and I was going through my last $40 before I was going to call it a good day. Up to this point, I was playing two credits at a time. For the last six, instead of playing two at a time, I decided to play three, and on my last three-credit spin, I won a $1,350 jackpot. I've never had that kind of luck before. So again, he sent that to me May of 2019, Listen to what he just sent to me two days ago, this weekend. He said, well, I just hit another jackpot at the casino. $1,080, three sevens. I looked at the money sigil consistently on my way there. Took breaks to look at it on my phone 
between. That is two big wins in the last four times I have gone there. I have been profitable, though, three of my last four trips there since using the sigil. People are awestruck at how I have been so lucky lately. I don't say anything about the sigil as they would think I am crazy anyway, LOL. So that's something free that you can experiment with if you go to joshuapwarren.com. Also, every day I get emails from people asking if I'm going to make another batch of prayer boards. I'm thinking about making another batch later this month. Um, if I do, it'll be a limited thing. You know, it's kind of like the McRib at McDonald's, like, here's a batch, now it's gone, and I don't know if I'm going to make another one or not. It just depends. But if you want to stay informed, you need to sign up for my free e-newsletter. Uh, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll see where you can put your email address in there, and I will let you know when and if another batch is available, and that way, if you want it, you, you have a chance to get it, but currently they are all sold out. So, look, I you know I'm working on a new TV show, and um, I can't talk much about it right now, but I've got a lot of stuff going on, so I have to jump off here and take a call, but I do want to point out some interesting things for you. One of the most notorious murders in Asheville, North Carolina, was a murder that made national headlines in 1936. It was the murder of a young lady named Helen Clevenger. I think she was 19, maybe 20 years old. And she was beaten, stabbed, and shot to death at what was then the Battery Park Hotel there downtown, near the Grove Arcade. And, uh, I mean, this murder made the cover of detective magazines and, I mean, big newspapers, and there was a giant manhunt. Finally, police arrested a bellman at the hotel, uh, charged him with the murder. They claim he confessed, but there are questions about his confession. Nonetheless, the guy died in the gas chamber for this crime. So Helen Clevenger was murdered there at the Battery Park Hotel on July the 16th of 1936. And all throughout the years, I have heard that on the anniversary of her death, if the conditions are just right, humidity and temperature and all that sometimes you see this blood red glow that appears outside of the murder room window and when we do our haunted Asheville ghost tours we go by the battery park hotel and we try to point out for you where that window is to begin with to be honest with you some people don't like that we do this because that building is now it's no longer a hotel it's apartments and and there are people who don't like the attention that it gets for this but oh, oh well that's how that's how it goes um and so this uh well okay well this month on tuesday july 16th of 2019 it's going to be the 83 year anniversary of the murder of helen clevenger she was murdered sometime in the evening we don't know exactly what time well that night christian mcleod is going to be leading the haunted Asheville ghost store and it leaves at 8 p.m. And this is going to be, you know, one of those rare opportunities where you're going to be able to go there outside the murder room. You know, you're, you know, again, you're going to be on the street level, but you're going to be able to look up and you're going to be able to see for yourself if there is such a 
thing is this blood-red haze around the murder room. On the 83-year anniversary of this. So if you want to do it, just go to hauntedashville.com. We're not charging extra for this. We could, but we're not. And go to hauntedashville.com. Buy your ticket for... There's only one tour that night. Only one tour on Tuesday, July 16th, 2019. It leaves at 8 p.m. It's the classic Haunted Asheville tour, guided by Christian McLeod. Go there to hauntedashville.com, buy your ticket, and you will get to be there on the evening of the anniversary of the murder of Helen Clevenger. So I recommend that you do that right now, because I'm sure we will sell out that night. Additionally, you know, there are people who, who come to Asheville and they don't want to spend so much time downtown. They'd rather hang out in the area around the Biltmore House and Biltmore Village. And that's why you should never forget that we do have a haunted Biltmore Village tour. Haunted Biltmore Village tour. And that tour is led usually by either Missy Hill or Shelley Wright. And if you go to hauntedbiltmore.com, you'll find the information there about you know this amazing tour i mean like let me just let me just tell you some of the stuff that's on the haunted biltmore tour um that i think is pretty darn cool stuff that you're not going to get on the haunted Asheville tour uh hauntedbiltmore.com listen to this spend your evening strolling through biltmore village and learning about chilling ghosts that wander the old village the weird nazi occultist who opened a portal there the kangaroo that appeared from another dimension an insane asylum that will make your blood run cold. The curse of Vanderbilt's lawyer, Samuel Reed. Asheville's secret serial killer. Enigmas of All Souls Cathedral. And much, much more. Now, usually, we only do that tour if we have groups of 10 people or more. But you might catch us on a good night when we have a guide that's available that wants to do one of these. So what you have to do is just email us. Go to hauntedbiltmore.com, B-I-L-T-M-O-R-E, hauntedbiltmore.com. You can also find that linked up through hauntedashville.com. And just send us an email and let us know if you're interested. And if so, we'll see if we can work something out for you. Two more things i got to tell you before I, I run off here. Okay, you know every Saturday we do the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This Saturday, July 13th, I will personally be there. I'm not often there in person, but I will be there this coming Saturday, July 13th, 2019, for the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show. Go to creepyvegas.com, creepyvegas.com to get your ticket for that. And don't forget, that night is going to be a big one because that's kind of like the meeting in the minds for what's going to happen the next night. The next night on Sunday, July the 14th, we are going to do a UFO summoning at a secret location in the desert outside Las Vegas. Darren Evans is going to be leading this event. We're going to have, of course, author David Weatherly there. I'm going to be there. We're going to have third generation night vision there. We're going to have the local TV news there. It's going to be a big thing. And if you want to be a part of that, I think we still have some tickets left. If you go to CosmicInvocation.com, C-O-S-M-I-C, Cosmic Invocation, I-N-V-O-C-A-T-I-O-N, CosmicInvocation.com, 
you'll also find the link to that if you just go to creepyvegas.com and scroll down to the bottom so what a weekend you could make out of this if you want next weekend you could come to the creepy vegas show and hang out with me and everybody on july 13th and then the next night come out and do the ufo summoning on july 14th and have a weekend like you wouldn't believe that you'll never forget the rest of your life creepyvegas.com and cosmicinvocation.com and also remember there's lots of other cool stuff to do off the strip around boulder city close to our secret location tom devlin's monster museum we have a nice wine and cheese shop antique stores dive bars hoover dam i mean there's just a lot of cool stuff there that you can do if you buy your ticket at cosmicinvocation.com so that said there's too much stuff going on too much stuff going on but that's good it's a fun interesting year so if you like this podcast i hope you'll tell all your friends about it if you go to joshuapwarren.com you'll find a link to this podcast called joshua p warren daily always short always free commercial free independent uncensored click the link to this podcast you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on twitter at joshua p warren at joshua p warren and i will tweet when a new one is available so thank you for listening thank you for your interest and support thank you for staying curious and i will talk to you again soon